Welcome to the news podcast for the 6th Annual World Conference of Science Journalists. Each day, I'll be bringing you the highlights of the many workshops, plenaries, press briefings and receptions taking place throughout the conference. In today's podcast, we'll be hearing about the pre-conference workshops and how these have helped journalists learn more about reporting complex issues such as climate change and food security. Plus, we'll also be meeting some of the delegates to find out what they thought of the day's proceedings and what they hope to get from the week ahead. That's all coming up in today's highlights from the World Conference of Science Journalists with me, Mira Senthilingam, from thenakedscientists.com. Before we launch into the workshops themselves, let's hear from conference co-director Sally Robbins to find out just what the conference has got in store for us. We kick off with a full range of workshops, skills building workshops on new media techniques, podcasting, for example, um, and also science briefings on key issues, cosmology, green energy technologies, climate change reporting. And from there, we are then moving through to a full programme of plenary and parallel sessions. Um, Our plenary sessions, one on new media, one on climate change reporting in the run-up to the big meeting in Copenhagen later this year. Also a plenary session with philanthropists, Fred Cavalier of the Cavalier Foundation, Mike Lazaridis of the company that developed the BlackBerry, and on how um, philanthropists actually affect the progress of scientific research and the direction of scientific research. Um, and then parallel sessions on everything from the system, the embargo system, some are very much for it, some are very much against, right through to reporting on disasters, on the issue of whether public relations has now become too powerful and public relations is totally driving what's in the media, um, as opposed to investigative journalism. I mean, I think for a lot of the delegates who are here, some of the highlights will actually be the receptions and the parties, because another key function of the conference is networking and developing you know, new friends, new colleagues across the globe who can assist you with stories from different parts of the world and you know, developing long-term links for, for stories for the future. Um, but in terms of the sessions, I know the session Science Journalism in Crisis is um, you know, attracting a lot of interest because in some parts of the world, particularly in the United States, it does seem to be a, uh, a profession in crisis. Very few staff positions left in science journalism and on newspapers, lots of newspapers folding all together. Um, but it, it, by contrast, in other parts of the world, we heard from... Um, uh, an Arab science journalist, you know, things are very much on the up there. And in Africa, there's a big increase in the, the profession. I think a lot of people are interested to know where things might be going and what the future might hold for them. Co-director of the World Conference of Science Journalists, Sally Robbins. Now, the conference officially begins on Tuesday, the 30th of June. But in the run-up to this, there have been many pre-conference skills workshops, focusing on the reporting of key scientific issues that are affecting the world today. The first issue being climate change, a topic that we're all aware of, but how should we go about reporting it? To find out more, I spoke to the workshop producer, Mike Shanahan, who's the press officer at the International Institute for Environment and Development. We've been looking at the latest science of climate change, looking at the impacts and some of the vulnerabilities that differ around the world. But not just looking at the bad news, we're also looking at some of the positive things that people are doing to adapt to climate change or to to mitigate climate change through things such as renewable energy or avoiding deforestation. We've had scientists and we've had journalists, so we've had the the two camps that don't often come together and meet. We've had people who are members of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, someone from the Met Office here in the UK, and Chris Rapley, who's the director of the Science Museum now, but he used to be the director of the British Antarctic Survey. So people have got their hands dirty on the science, 
but also the uh, the pen carriers as well. We've had journalists who've been reporting on deforestation for many years. And what has actually been discussed then between them? Because you've got these two forces together. They've been talking about the issues, but they've also been talking about how, how the media ca- carries this story and what can be done better. Journalists have been explaining some of the problems they face, like their inability sometimes to get through to editors, that this is actually a story and something important. And also scientists uh, having trouble communicating about risk or, or actually getting rid of jargon and explaining things in a clear way that everyday people will understand. Well, later on this afternoon, the journalists are going to be in groups talking uh, in, in smaller groups amongst each, each other to talk about the kind of barriers they, they face when reporting on climate change in very different settings. And this can be an, an Australian rural journalist or somebody in Kampala in Uganda. So they've got very different perspectives, but we hope to come up with some solutions that will be uh, applicable across the board so that people can go back to their jobs and, uh, and think in a different way about climate change and get more stories out into the papers and on TV. And just stemming from that then, you have got a wide variety of journalists from all over the world here today. So what do you think the importance is that such a variety are here and what they can learn off each other about now reporting on climate change? I think one of the most important things is that they leave this conference and this workshop with a bunch of contacts that they can stay in touch with for the years to come because it's often a very lonely beat reporting on environment and science issues, especially in developing countries, and there's very little support in a country. But when you know you've got friends around the world who are in the same position as you and you can call upon them with a quick email, I think that's the strength of a meeting like this. People make make lots of good friends and stay in touch for years. Mike Shanahan, press officer for the International Institute for Environment and Development, discussing the highlights of his climate change workshop. Now, as well as climate change, another issue being looked into was food security. And I met the workshop chair, Janet Allen, from the Biotechnology and Biological Sciences Research Council, or BBSRC, to find out why this issue is in need of the media. So um, food security is a problem that's facing the world um, in that... We need to find ways to increase the food supply to the world by 50% in 2030 and doubling it by 2050. There is a big problem um, in that the population is expected to rise to 9 billion by 2050. We have issues on climate change which are changing the pattern of crops and diseases associated with crops and all of these are going to have a negative impact on our ability to produce food and to feed the population. So the session today has basically been to review the situation, review the challenges to our food security and find scientific solutions to underpin our food security for the future on a global basis. So who have you had here today discussing this? So we've had a scientific representation from Department for International Development, DFID, and scientists funded by the BBSRC um, who are doing basic science into the factors that affect crop uh, food production. And um, what do you think, then, has arisen out of this session? Has it been noted just how the media can help this situation? I think media have an important role because this is, it's important for people around the world to realise that we have a problem. In Europe, food is regarded as a relatively cheap commodity. Um, and if we wait until food prices rise again like they did last summer, it will be too late to produce a scientific response to the problem. I think one of the most impressive features about today has been the global representation amongst the journalists and hearing people's opinions, people's views uh, from around the world, so from Malawi and from um, North North Africa countries. It's been uh, very, very impressive. Janet Allen from the Biotechnology and Biological Sciences Research Council. Now, after the day's workshops were over, there was, of course, a media reception at London's Science Museum. 
where I spoke to various conference delegates to find out what they hope to gain from the week ahead and why they think events like the World Conference of Science Journalists are so important. Hi, I'm Sunny Baines from Foreman Content Media. Um, I've already been enjoying the conference. I've been at a workshop today on how to pitch my freelance journalism ideas, and I'm really excited that it's in London because we have so much good science and so many good science journalists in the UK. I really think, especially now, that conferences like this are important because science journalists have an expertise that cannot be replaced by generalists. And uh, we should band together and support each other and remind ourselves of why we're special. My name is Akinjimo. I'm a program director with Development Communications Network in Lagos, Nigeria. I'm here because uh, there's a lot of commonalities when it comes to issues around the world. Issues of science is the essence of life. This is an opportunity to learn what is really going on and how do we address those issues. We think globally, but we have to act locally. That is the essence of the whole thing. My name is Natasha Loder. I'm the uh, chair of the Association of British Science Writers and I work as a science journalist for The Economist. I'm really looking forward to the conference. Um, I think it's a chance to brush up on some skills and learn from other people from around the world. And I'm really excited as well about listening to people like Nick Davis talk about um, his book, Flat Earth News, talking about the rise of journalism. He's a real hero of mine. Also, the plenary on the the future of science journalism, which I have been producing. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting. There's some really high-level people there who are going to talk about how science fits into uh, the broader news agenda going forward over the next five to ten years. So come. So there are lots of reasons to be at this week's conference, and there's also a lot to look forward to. Now that's it for today's highlights, but join me tomorrow when I'll be bringing you the best bits from the first official day of the conference including the opening ceremony and the first plenary sessions. Until then, thank you for listening. I'm Mira Senthilingam from thenakedscientists.com. <laughs>